Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anytime with Charles Anagriff on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Bring in uh, Chris Rosvoglo from Boot Crew Media, covering the New Orleans Saints. Chris, how you doing? Good afternoon. Doing well. Thank you for having me. All right, uh, let's talk about the the Chauncey Gardner Johnson trade uh, to Philadelphia. Obviously, the the sides were not going to come together on a contract, and the Saints decided to make a move now rather than later. Your take on the trade. Yeah, look, it, it's one of those that you almost can't sugarcoat your initial reaction, right? It's um, it's disappointing in the fact that he won't be on the New Orleans Saints this season. It definitely kind of takes a little bit of a hit, I would say, from maybe the tenacity level that you expect this defense to play with. You know, losing Garner Johnson does affect it. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me is kind of what little they got back in return. You think when you trade a player of this caliber and you hear that the Eagles plan on using that safety, maybe they would give up maybe a, a third round pick or so, but instead it comes down to being, uh, you know, a fifth round pick and and one of their six round picks that Philly has. And uh, the return there is just not great. And, and this is going to put pressure on other players to step up. But um, I get from New Orleans perspective, you get something rather than nothing if you lose them in free agency. Um, but I just don't think they've got a, a you know, a great return uh, for a player of CJ Garner Johnson's caliber. Were they planning for this going back almost to the end of last season to, to bring Bradley Roby back, who had a minimal impact on last year's team, to draft Elante Taylor, and then to to take a, a good long look at Justin Evans, who hadn't played in three years, they just kind of want to see, make sure that what they had in training camp could make up for the loss if they decided to move him? I mean, I think that's definitely part of it, right? I think the, the Bradley Roby part of this whole thing, it was interesting because when they were trying to shed salary, people talked about, hey, you can get rid of Bradley Roby and that'll free up about eight, $9 million. The Saints said, no, we still want him on the roster. And uh, he's played really well in training camp. He's a player they think they can kind of plug and play into that starting lineup and he'll do well. And I expect him to do well for the Saints. But the the Elante Taylor move was one of those that kind of raised a couple of eyebrows and said, okay, what's the thought process here? And, and for New Orleans, that kind of gives you maybe you know, a long-term replacement, maybe for CJ Garner Johnson and his versatility he could play in the slot. He could play outside. That's a move there. You mentioned Justin Evans. This is a former second round pick who has played really well in the preseason. He's forced a pair of turnovers in the preseason. And I think this is a player that if he could reach his full potential, that gives you more depth. So I definitely think the saints did a good job of saying, Hey, we have enough pieces where if, you know, negotiations go sideways and we have to get rid of him, 
then we do have the necessary pieces to keep this defense afloat. Um, I don't know if they, you know, every move they made, um, like bringing in Evans was, you know, to say, okay, now we have a Garner Johnson replacement. I do think the Alante Taylor one might've been their way of hinting at it. Um, but overall, I, I do agree. The, the overall consensus would be that this is still a really talented secondary and to, you know, people want to knock whether or not they should have made this trade. You also give credit to the fact that they've brought enough depth here that when you do make a track like this, we're still looking at this secondary and saying, all right, there is a lot of talent to work with. All right, let me play the other side for a second. Let's say that your your idea was take the football part of this and just deal with the rest of it. In other words, having Gardner Johnson on this team makes them a better team. And if he's going to you know, if he's going to be a locker room chirper about his contract all year, then just live with it. It's it's worth having the headache to have the player and the heck with the fifth and sixth round picks, which are basically placeholders. That argument, does that argument carry any weight with you? Uh, look, I think that argument definitely carries weight depending on how this season starts playing out early on, especially if we see teams start attacking the Saints in the slot. Then you're like, okay, was it really worth getting rid of him for picks to your point that, Let's be real. People move fifth and sixth round picks all the time to move up a couple of spots in the draft. I mean, it's it's very unlikely those picks end up panning out to be someone that can either match or even surpass the production that Gardner Johnson would ever give you. So uh, I do agree with that. I think what would be interesting is how much of a headache, if it was one, was it for the Saints? Was it to the point where the coaching staff said, oh, we just can't have him in that building? If that then if it ever reaches that point, then I always understand why the team would make it, that move. Uh, to your point, though. If it really wasn't a huge headache, I think I would much rather have Garner Johnson team this year than a fifth and sixth round pick for next year. That really doesn't move the needle much. That's that. That's where I am. I I understand the headache he would have caused. I would have dealt with the headache to keep the player, but um, that that's me. Uh, let's move on. Uh, the Saints have got to get down to fifty three by three o'clock today. What are the toughest spots? What are the toughest cuts and the toughest keeps? that you see as we approach the deadline? It's crazy how much of an 180 this position group has made, but I think what the Saints are going to decide to do at receiver and, you know, if a final move hasn't been made yet, that's going to be so interesting to me because you know that the first three spots, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, those are already locked up. We feel pretty good about Deontay Hardy, obviously making the roster between his receiving skills and his return man skills. But the, the five, you know, the number five spot in the depth chart, that's so interesting because you have Marquez Calloway who – has always played well in the preseason. He did, you know, decently well last year in spots. And you'd imagine he makes the, you know, final 53. And then if they bring a sixth, is it Traquan Smith and stash to IR? Is it keeping Kirk Merritt, who has shown stability at playing wide receiver, being on the special teams return, playing running back during practice for about a week? Uh, there, there is that versatility there that, hey, maybe he can be a Ty Montgomery type of player for the Saints. So I think that's where one of their toughest roster decisions will be made. And then I think another one is the tight end spot. How many tight ends do you want to hold? You know Adam Troutman's making it. You know Taysom Hill's making it. And Juwan Johnson has really improved in training camp. I think this is a player that they think maybe can develop into a nice piece. Do you also keep Nick Vanette? Do you hold four tight ends? That's something that I'm looking forward to. Um, and then another spot for me is, and I don't know how it really unfolds because it comes down to how the Saints feel about the rest of the O-line. But with Trevor Penning going down, I imagine he goes to IR. Do the Saints feel good about an undrafted rookie like Lewis Kidd and feel good about bringing him on the main roster? Or is that someone that they can cut and hopefully get back to the practice squad? So I think from an offensive personnel standpoint, they have a lot of tough decisions to make, but none tougher 
then how do you handle the bottom of wide receiver depth chart? Chris Rosvoglu uh, from Boot Crew Media covering the Saints is our guest. Let's talk about Merritt for a second. And when they moved running back, what, a week, week and a half ago, I, I was reminded when Michael Lewis was trying to make the Saints, and when they got down to the final cuts, the beer man had just turned everybody's head to the point where Jim Hazlitt went around to each of his assistant coaches says, who do you want to keep? And when he gave him, they gave him a list, he said, if you want to keep your last guy, we can't keep Michael Lewis. And all of them said, no, we want to keep Michael Lewis. We'll find a way to get by with one less guy. It almost seems like they're looking for any way they can to keep Kirk Merritt on this team, running back, wide receiver, uh, whatever it is, whatever role he plays on special teams. Is his roster spot secure in your opinion right now? Uh, you know, I, I really don't because of how well Callaway's con the last couple weeks. I, I thought Callaway was someone who maybe two weeks ago, I would say he was actually on the roster bubble, which would be crazy to think about because there were moments last year where he was wide receiver one for this team, but he wasn't making enough impact plays in training camp or the preseason. And it got to that point where, all right, was he going to make the roster? But he came on strong the last couple of weeks. He was really good in the final game against the Chargers. And I think that there's that argument here that do they really want to dress six wide receivers? I mean, if you dress six of them, one of them is definitely not seeing any targets. And, the, you know, the fifth one probably isn't seeing many either. So I think there really is that tough call. But to your point, when you move Kirk Merritt all around the field, you're kind of telling us that you're looking for any possible way to get on the roster, right? You're looking at him at return, man. You're looking at him at running back. And I think that he made such a compelling argument over the last couple of weeks as well as playing multiple positions that it really is a tough spot for them. And, you know, it comes down to what do they value? And and also I'll throw Traquan Smith's name in the mix in the sense that I don't know if he's really a lock right now. He is hurt. And maybe that injury might save him in the sense that they could keep him on the 53, throw him to IR, and maybe they'll see him in four or five weeks from now. But they really have a tough call to make. And they have to remember whatever call they make here, I don't think they're going to have the luxury of bringing any of these guys back on the practice squad, whether it were Callaway or Traquan or Merritt released. I'd imagine a team's seen enough throughout the preseason to say, okay, that guy's good enough to make our roster. So the Saints went from having a depleted receiving core to almost an embarrassment of riches right now. And as much as it would be a great story for Kirk Merritt to make the roster, I can't say in good faith that he definitely has his spot secure. What do we know about the Trevor Penning injury four days after it happened? Is it IR with the IR to return is the likely destination for him? It definitely seems to be the likely destination for him. I think the, the real question comes down to the Saints is how comfortable do they feel with him coming back later this year? And by later this year, I mean maybe December because it is a really serious injury. And with a torn ligament in your foot, if, if it's not healing the right way, this could be one where do the Saints say, hey, let's just redshirt him the whole year. But regardless, he's going to end up on IR. It's just a matter of whether or not they feel comfortable um, with that IR designated to return and actually feel like he can return to this lineup, which Obviously, he's a bummer. He is someone who's developed so quickly over the last couple of weeks, and I think it was a matter of time before he kind of slid into the starting lineup. But, yeah, I'd say IR is definitely the spot for, for Trevor Penning right now. So with that in mind, when the final roster cuts are made at 3 o'clock today, everywhere else around the league, is it safe to say that the, the Saints are going to be aggressive in the tackle market? I mean, I think they definitely should look around. There are teams that are have kind of floated out names for for trades, and I think if you're the Saints, you kind of hope that, hey, maybe one of those players gets cut. I know Jenkins from the Chicago Bears has been mentioned around, and if that's a player that gets cut, I could see the Saints just shopping for offensive line depth in general. But the good thing is James Hurst did return to practice earlier this week, and you could really pencil him in as the starter and, and feel somewhat confident there. And to kind of double down on getting somewhat good news, uh, Landon Young came back. And Landon Young, people might forget about him, but He's a player that the Saints have think you know developed pretty well so far in training camp, and 
he might not be a household name yet, but you know, if the Saints feel confident enough in him, then they might just let that pairing figure it out at left tackle. So I do expect them to explore the market. I just don't expect them to be, you know, uber aggressive in the sense that they will go make a move uh, via trade. I think they'll, they'll kind of stalk the market to see if someone gets released that was maybe mentioned uh, in trade talks for a six or seven round pick and, and maybe they can go attack there. But I think that they feel really good with Hurst right now and Young is improving and, and it's a matter of back to, to Penning. If this is someone who you think can return later, then maybe the Saints aren't as aggressive as offensive tackle. But I would be looking at a market for offensive tackle. Um, and, and you know what? I'd also be looking running backs get cut all the time. If you're the Saints, maybe see who also ends up there. Chris Rosvoglu is our guest from Boot Crew Media. Let's talk about the linebackers because the Saints spent the entire camp auditioning lots of linebackers, veterans uh, and, and young players alike. So where are we? And if you could uh, update uh, where we are on the Chase Hansen injury. Yeah, for, for Hanson, it's pretty tough because this is a guy who, I mean, the preseason opener, I don't know if I've ever seen a player really come out um, with their hair on fire in a sense that he just looked great. And you almost thought, hey, he's going to make the 53. I think that with him missing so much time, I feel like right now, you know, DeMario and Warner are going to make the roster at linebacker. I think Caden Ellis has a really good, I would say, hold on him getting there. But I also think that there's guys like Andrew Dowell who've done enough that they really are going to have to make this roster and, and the Saints are going to be tough, you know, to, to not put them there because of the impact they bring on special teams. So a lot of it comes down to, do you want to add a six linebacker? Because I think Werner's here. I think Ellis is here. Demario Davis is here. Eric Wilson's going to make the roster. And I think Andrew Dowell. So um, I, I think for Hanson, I, I think unfortunately this is the end of the road for at least right now, he could always come back, but I think, we, he won't make the initial 53 and I kind of feel good about that five being, uh, you know, the saints linebacker core. And if they were to keep one more, maybe it'd be Sewell. So I, I think Hanson, unfortunately that injury kind of stumped him and it's nothing long-term. He will play football again this year. I just don't know if he'll be for the new Orleans saints. And this is the end of the line for Zach Vaughn with the saints, uh, a, a third round pick two years ago. A lot of people, I remember the mocks that year. A lot of people thought he might be a late first round pick. The saints got him in the third, but it just has never seemed to click for him. It hasn't. And, and and that will be one of the big names when, you know, the Saints cut down their final 53. They'll probably be one of the big names that people talk about getting released, but um, they just haven't been able to find a way to, to get him on the field and make him make an impact. And, and to your point, this was a player that when he slipped out of the first round, people were surprised. And when the Saints took him in the third round, this was a player that you'd say, hey, if the vision's right, he could be a playmaker. It just hasn't developed. And uh, it's unfortunate. And I, I hope he finds somewhere where he could, you know, get in the right scheme and and kind of maximize his potential. But it just it's not going to happen in New Orleans. Last thing, um, Ian Book uh, may be headed to the practice squad. I don't want to pile on here, Chris, but I'd, I'd have to almost ask why uh, at this point. It, to me, this is a player that's not going to be a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, uh, just what we've seen last year and this year. I understand you put him on the practice squad. It's basically a, a free move, but I, I can't ever see a scenario where Ian Book's going to be a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. And so I'm wondering if that practice squad spot might not be better served to go somewhere else. You know, I, I think that's actually a totally fair, you know, question. And I think that for me, I kind of agree with you. You know, I haven't seen enough for me in Book to even say that I can see him being, you know, a serviceful backup, right? Like I, we've seen enough to say, you know, the dream of him becoming a starter is probably not happening. But even a backup quarterback, you know, can he become a Chase Daniel? I haven't even seen that. No. Um, and, and that is unfortunate because this is a player who had such a great career at Notre Dame, but you know, 
I think for the Saints, the reason you bring him back to the practice squad is just that in case of emergency, we go through a bunch of quarterbacks, we need him. But even then, you know, if Jameis goes down, it's Andy Dalton. And know if, you know, you lose both of them, Taysom Hill's probably going from tight end to quarterback and playing. So the event that Ian Book actually plays, I, I just don't see it. So I think that definitely is a fair question. And I think depending on how the Saints were to, you know, shuffle around their roster, yeah, maybe that spot could be better served. But I think that because he's still 24 years old and he does know the system, he's kind of going to be in that emergency quarterback role on the practice squad. But I, I just can't see a situation where he ends up actually starting for this team. You know, Chris, if Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, and Taysom Hill all walked up to a microphone this afternoon and simultaneously retired, the Saints would be looking, working the phones, and Ian Book still wouldn't be the quarterback. I mean, they, they yeah. at, at that point, you know, you're calling Cam Newton, okay? You, you know, you're, you're calling somebody, but it, it's not going to be him. So if they keep him, I, I guess I, I get it. It's a practice squad uh, deal, but I, I just I can't. Like I said, I don't want to pile on, but I, I just can't see the guy ever being a quarterback in the NFL. Boot Crew Media, you can catch a lot of Chris's stuff there, bootcrewmedia.com. A lot of Saints stuff, a lot of, uh, a lot of Pelican stuff uh, on there as well as they uh, inch towards a uh, training camp. But we enjoyed the conversation. We'll certainly have you back, Chris. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll take a break. More on NFL Cut Down Day when we come back. This is Hanny Time, 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge.